Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Hey, this is great. Now, here's your host, Radical Russ Belleville. Good day, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Thursday, February 4th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Thanks for joining us. So glad you could be here. I am back from day two at the Cannabis Collaborative Conference here in Portland, Oregon at the Portland Expo Center. Today's highlight, of course, was the keynote speech from former NBA player, former Portland Trailblazer Cliff Robinson. He gave the keynote speech today, and we're going to play that for you here on the show coming up in just a few minutes. But uh, lots of media there today. I I so lucked out. You know, when you go to these things, they have the soundboard, and then they got these uh, media plugs you, you can plug your recorder in. And so when these uh, television stations bring their big cameras, they got to plug in to the live audio, right? And yesterday I plugged in, there was like, you know, seven, eight, open slots, right? Today, I got the last open slot on the media plug-in for Cliff Robinson. All our local news stations were there, and ESPN was there to film this. And I'm so excited because not only did I get the keynote address from Cliff Robinson. By the way, he's speaking because he's starting a business called Uncle Spliffy. He he was called Uncle Cliffy back in the day. So Uncle Spliffy is going to be his uh, cannabis outlet. So he gave the keynote address. And then afterwards, I was able to uh, get a quick impromptu interview with him, both myself and Doug McVeigh. You may remember him from uh, Drug War Facts. Uh, we were both there. Got to interview Cliff Robinson real quick. And the best part about it is while I'm talking to Cliff Robinson, while I've got my microphone, because he, you know, he's a tall guy, right? I got my microphone up in the air with the Russ Belville Show logo on it. The local stations and ESPN are getting my hand and my logo and my voice on that cover. So uh, I was really excited about that. We'll play that interview coming up for you as well. Also on the show, we've got, Interviews of various vendors and distributors there at the Cannabis Collaborative Conference. Uh, some of the folks you'll hear from, uh, James Morris, Chip Lazenby, and Adrian Brown. We had a great discussion, three African-American gentlemen. We had a great discussion about the need for inclusion of the African-American community into this new green rush. So we'll talk about that. We've also got, uh, like I said, the Cliff Robinson keynote speech coming up. Eric Branstad from Forever Flowering Greenhouses. Interesting talking about the difference between indoor, outdoor, and greenhouses. So we talked a little bit about that. Farmer Tom Lowerman uh, on the show today as well. Uh, well-respected Pacific Northwest grower who's even got his own IPA brew. So he'll tell you about that. Uh, and let's see, Aaron uh, from the National Cannabis Industries Association was there. We'll, we talked a little bit about the uh, federal changes that need to happen. And Canna Group Inc. will be on the show. Canna Group Inc. is one of those uh, consulting firms that brings together the, the heads and the suits. So we'll, we talked a bit about that. Danielle Young from Clear Bags. Uh, Jared, Diana, and Alexis from New Leaf Canna Center. And Jennifer St. John from our local newspaper, The Oregonian. So we talked to all of them, and that's coming up here on the Russ Belvale Show. But 
before we get to that, We've got the Cannabis Radio News, and in the headlines today, we're going to tell you about a new proposal for medical marijuana in Salt Lake City, Utah. Also, we've got uh, Republicans and Democrats uh, from from Cincinnati visiting Colorado to learn all about medical marijuana. We have got a story here on legal marijuana sales, just how much legal marijuana was sold last year. You'll be stunned. We've got new data on the NYPD and their arrests of marijuana consumers in the state or in the in New York City, I should say, uh, New York State. Kansas looking at reducing marijuana penalties. Alabama Republicans calling for rescheduling and El Paso County, California. This ba- is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com banning green crosses haven't got my automation software up yet folks (laughs) imagine life without taxes let new era certified public accountants neweracpas.com handle your cannabis 280e and tax strategy get your business prepared with new era cpa's cannabis finance boot camp NewEraCPAs.com. With years of experience in the industry, we are one of the nation's leading accounting firms for growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies from Washington to California. NewEraCPAs.com. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Thursday, February 4th, 2016. A renewed push for a broad medical marijuana program in Utah faces its first hurdle in a legislative hearing Thursday afternoon as another group of lawmakers debates a more limited program allowing pot-infused oil to people diagnosed with cancer, HIV, and other conditions. Utah passed a very restricted law two years ago allowing those with severe epilepsy to have the extract oil if they obtain it from other states like Colorado. A Senate Health Committee will hear from two Republican legislators Thursday who want to allow those with cancer, AIDS, and other painful conditions to use the oil. Representative Brad Daw of Orem and Senator Evan Vickers of Cedar City also want the oil to be made in Utah. The oil, called cannabidiol, is made from a strain of cannabis plant that is low in THC, the hallucinogenic chemical in marijuana, and high in CBD, a chemical that some believe helps fight seizures. Madsen's bill is 
expected to be heard Thursday afternoon, but by a Senate committee that handles law enforcement and legal issues. Madsen chairs the committee, which approved his very similar proposal last year. Two state senators are stopping in Cincinnati as part of an effort to gather public opinion about medical marijuana options. Republican Senator Dave Burke of Marysville and Democratic Senator Kenny Yuko of Richmond Heights are holding a forum Thursday at the University of Cincinnati. The event comes as the legislature contemplates its next move on medical marijuana. Ohio voters resoundingly defeated a marijuana proposal last fall that would have legalized marijuana for both medicinal and recreational use. While unsuccessful, the effort made clear that a future question focused on medical marijuana could pass if lawmakers don't act. The senators will hear Ohioans' opinions about making marijuana available for limited medical uses. Public testimony on the issue is expected to last three hours. Other forums are planned for Columbus and Toledo. Legal marijuana sales hit $5.4 billion in 2015, according to a report that has been released by the Arcview Group, based in San Francisco, and New Frontier, based in Washington. The industry has become somewhat of a gold rush. National legal sales of cannabis grew to $5.4 billion in 2015. That's up from $4.6 billion in 2014. Demand is expected to remain strong this year, with a forecast of $6.7 billion in legal sales, the report says. The promises and headwinds of the industry are potentially far-reaching and attracting notice on Wall Street. As more states legalize marijuana sales, analysts are weighing the stock market benefits of new businesses as cannabis goes corporate. Funds are considering the ethics of investing in marijuana. Parents are even debating whether to allow their children to buy the stocks. According to data just released by the New York State Division of Criminal Justice Services, New York City marijuana arrests in 2015 dropped to under 17,000 for the first time since 1996. The 16,590 arrests for low-level marijuana possession in 2015 is a 42% decline from the 26,386 in 2014 and a 67% drop from the nearly 51,000 arrests in 2011. In 2015, marijuana arrests were at the lowest they've ever been since 1996. States like Washington, Colorado, Oregon, and Alaska have already changed their laws, creating a system to tax and regulate marijuana sales and use. Even in Washington, D.C., a city that has racial disparities in the enforcement of marijuana prohibition, they have seen a 99% reduction in marijuana possession arrests. Kansas would decrease penalties for first- and second-time marijuana possession under a bill overwhelmingly approved Wednesday by the state Senate, though pot users could still face stiff fines and time in the county jail. The Senate approved the measure 38-1. to 1. It's a narrow version of legislation approved by the House last year to liberalize marijuana laws, and the measure will go there for further review. The vote reflected strong bipartisan support for keeping people convicted of marijuana possession out of state prisons so their beds can be used for violent criminals. The Kansas Department of Corrections had more than 9,700 inmates in its custody as of Tuesday, or about 100 more than the state capacity of its prisons. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Thursday, February 4th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. The Fingerboard Extension has fretted instruments to enhance your creativity. It has new and used guitars and banjos from beginning to high class. The Fingerboard Extension has National Resophonic, Hassan Dalton, Larrabee, Heritage and Recording King guitars, and Mike Ramsey, Wildwood, Gold Tone, and Recording King banjos. 
Fingerboard Extension also has drum stuff, used gear, and parts. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis, Oregon, at 120 Northwest 2nd, or check out the inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com and reverb.com. Hey, this is Willie Nelson for Normal. And I smoke pot and I like it a lot. I learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with the responsible use of marijuana by adults. It's time we stopped arresting and started respecting those who smoke marijuana responsibly. To learn what you can do to help, contact Normal at NORML.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. The cannabis community is a diverse set of people from all walks of life. Conservative and liberal, black and white, straight and gay, rich and poor, and everyone in between. Learn more about the people we are freeing from adult cannabis prohibition in our Cannabis Community Chat. Welcome back, everybody. 14 and a half after the hour. And today in the Cannabis Community Chat, I had the pleasure of getting to interview Cliff Robinson, the former NBA player who is now known as Uncle Spliffy for the company he's putting together for uh craft cannabis, basically. It's going to be his uh, cannabis brand. He delivered the keynote address at the Cannabis Collaborative Conference today. You can find out more about the conference at ccc-con.com ccc-con.com and uh, we will play that keynote address for you in the next segment, but after he delivered the keynote, I was able to make my way through the crowds and get my own interview with NBA superstar Cliff Robinson. Cliff, Russ Belville, Cannabis Hello. Radio. How are you? Thank you so much for getting involved in the industry. Oh, no problem. Thank so, you. So what do you think about the NBA's stance on uh, medical marijuana? I know the football guys are trying to get this for concussions and such. Well, uh, you know, I think the conversation will continue to be had. Um, you know, right now I think there's another year or so on the collective bargaining agreement. So until that is, uh, until that negotiation is opened up, you know, I think uh, right now that conversation is not being had, but I think it's one, it's going to be one that's, you know, it's, I think it'll definitely be one that'll be had once that negotiation is open back up. Have you encountered any resistance or, or concerns from your colleagues, other former teammates or such? What do they think? No, I've, I've had nothing but positive feedback. You know, I think, uh, you know, you're going to run into uh, uh, some negativity. But, you know, for me, it's it's really important to just stay, stay positive and, and continue moving forward because I think uh, really it's about that time. It's about time to, you know, continue knocking down that stigma, that negative stigma. Was there any personal issue that got you involved in this? You know, somebody got busted, somebody that needs medical marijuana, anything like that? Well, you know, I've... I just looked at my story, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, how I was tagged throughout my career, um, you know, probably, uh, you know, rightfully so, because it was, you know, I was doing it at the wrong time. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, 
you know, for me, it's about moving forward. You know, moving forward, this is a new, this is a new, uh, this is a new age. We have more states coming online medically. We have more states coming on uh, uh, talking about it recreationally. So, uh, you know, we have to uh, continue the conversation. Doug? We have so many more athletes coming out uh, and talking about their medical marijuana use. Ricky Williams recently, and of course Jim McMahon. Uh, do you see that uh, continuing? How many, do you think we'll have some more folks coming out, especially as we hit Super Bowl weekend? I definitely think so. I mean, we have guys who uh, who are retired who probably don't work in the uh, association that they pro- probably uh, played in, whether it's football, basketball, uh, whatever sport it may be. So I, I think you know now that where the, the the conversation is uh, being had and like I said more states are using it medically and uh, uh, recreationally I think you'll see more guys continue to come out and uh, uh, speak on it in a positive manner um, the people are of course always concerned about image to kids you're talking about medical marijuana and the fact that you look able-bodied but you have health problems you're an athlete that's expected do you think that you and other athletes coming out about those health problems will help us make the distinction between this as a medicine as opposed to just a drug to get high well i definitely think so i mean athletes when you think about athletes and uh drugs period i mean it's always been a taboo uh combination so the more the more guys that can come out and speak on it in a positive uh, a positive have a positive voice behind it i think the uh the more we'll be able to uh knock that that stigma down but we also have to continue talking about it uh using it uh responsibly and keeping it out of hands of children because that's you know that that's we we gotta we gotta try to stay ahead of the game you know if we if we wait for the game to catch us, we gotta we gotta be ahead of uh, of things like that, and 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 try to work on doing public service announcements and 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 uh, and, and trying to do what we can to make sure that we are uh, talking about responsible use. Only recently have the NAACP African American community leaders come to realize this mass incarceration problem, this war on drugs problem. Do you think as more sports stars, especially African American sports stars, come out for this, that it might alleviate some of those fears in the black community? Well, I hope so. I mean, it's, it's always been uh, something that has uh, plagued the community. Uh, I, I think it's plagued a, a lot of communities because a lot of people have had to... Uh, uh, I guess resort to uh, selling cannabis or being in the cannabis business to supplement their uh, their incomes, and I think it, it's time to uh, really start looking at that as the issue and not looking at it as the problem because people have to eat. Thank you, Cliff Robinson, for your time. All right, thank you. Welcome back, everybody. Radical Russ here at the Cannabis Collaborative Conference, sitting here at the lounge with James Morris from La Caja. Did I get that right? Chip Lazenby from Lazenby & Associates and Adrian Brown from Greenbox LLC. We've just been having a, an amazing discussion about the need for outreach to the African-American community as we build this cannabis industry. And I wanted to turn to Adrian here because you you are one of the business operators here in this space. So tell us about your experience. So I'm Adrian. I'm from Greenbox LLC. We're a monthly cannabis curation service where monthly we curate the best cannabis products that we can find. Oh, you're like one of those, I subscribe to it and you send me stuff. That's correct. Correct. It's a subscription service. I love it. So we source the best products and we deliver it to our patients and subscribers' home. We want to make an easier approach to make uh, get cannabis to our subscribers easy. Right on. So uh, are there different like 
types of subscriptions, different brands? So we have uh, different multiple uh, options, different plans, as you may say, uh, where you can get, uh, you know, flour, uh, topicals, edibles, pre-rolled joints, whatever you may like. Um, uh, can't exactly say what it will be because uh, it's all up to you. We're leaving it into the hands of the subscriber. It's not like the box of the month type thing. It's a actually curated service. So is this something where I'm going to log on and pick what I want and then it gets sent to me? Correct. Correct. You tell us, you know, you build a profile, tell us what you like and dislike, then uh, we put it in a nice little package and deliver it straight to your door. Wow, that's fantastic. So Getting involved in this and becoming a business owner in this space, uh, what sort of hurdles did you face and and did you find the industry welcoming to African Americans? Uh, The hurdles, I would say at first just being um, young, um, new, um, I don't necessarily have a name for myself in the cannabis industry yet. I uh, started working in a dispensary, um, but as far as welcoming, I would say it was pretty welcoming. You know, um, it's definitely a tight-knit community. Everyone knows everyone. Portland is small within itself, and the cannabis community is even smaller. But it's uh, been a great experience so far, and um, looking forward to uh, branching out and building Green Box into something greater. Is this your first show? It is. What do you think? I love it. I love it. It's great to network. Uh, so many great ideas, um, things I would have never even expected of. Um, and it's great to see you know, uh, cannabis in a nice professional setting. Yeah, I think that's changing a lot of people's perspective on this. Is the professionalism of it? I know I come. I come from you know weed on the street, right? right. You, you had to know a guy, right? Right. <laughs> and and as we're making that transition, do you find that the people from the street are are warming up to this, or do you find that they're thinking, oh, it's all the man, and it's all business, and they're trying to you know rip us off or something? I think it's a little bit of both. You have those that are think the government's just tax hungry, money hungry. Then you have those that are actually want to see this process and see it actually be regulated and something that we, you know, the community can, uh, you know, thrive from the taxes and what, whatever they may be. And uh, yeah. And so, uh, how many people are you able to employ? Right now, we currently don't have any employees. Oh, just, just, just here. Yeah, right now we're launching in November of this year. Oh. Um, we're still working out our details and all that good stuff. But um, right now, we're just focusing on building our brand and um, you know letting the people that we know we're here. And um, once the OLCC uh, exactly decides how they want to regulate it, then we can actually you know roll out our business. Wow! So definitely planning ahead here. Uh, it's uh, Green Box LLC. Do you have a website for people to check out? Yes, you can check us out at PDX Green box.com we're also on facebook and instagram all right adrian thanks so much for talking to us man appreciate that and uh, gentlemen thanks for having me uh here and and having this great conversation it's been nice talking to you it was a pleasure yeah great we'll be in touch and we'll see if we can't get a african-american themed industry show on cannabis radio i think that would be a big hit yeah i think it's well long overdue have have that conversation above ground (laughs) and get on with it we will do it all right take care everybody and enjoy the show Great talking to those guys at the uh, Cannabis Collaborative Conference. Again, stay tuned. We've got the Cliff Robinson keynote address coming up next from the Cannabis Collaborative Conference. And other interviews with other vendors and media and all sorts of great people that are a part of this newly emerging green rush, this cannabis revolution that we're experiencing. 
I'm real happy to be bringing it to you, and we'll be bringing you plenty of it all throughout 2016 here on CannabisRadio.com. I'm Radical Russ. You can find me everywhere online as Radical Russ. If it's got a username, I'm Radical Russ on it. Also, get these on download from my SoundCloud at Radical Russ. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest growing business association in the fastest growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel One on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Tokers, there's no good reason to get your dog stoned. While it might not harm them physically, imagine being a dog who already begs for treats all day, and then imagine that dog having the munchies. Not cool. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. once said that when there's a gold rush, it's a good time to be in the pick and shovel business. Today, we look at the rapidly evolving markets in the marijuana green rush in our Canna Business Chronicles. Um, I want to uh, introduce now, thank you so much, Neil, for that. I uh, feel less smart, uh, but I do know who to call if I do have questions. Um, next speaker, obviously, uh, Uncle Spliffy, Mr. Cliff Robinson. There's a few facts that I think you need to know that if you're a, a Blazer fan, you're a basketball fan, if you're a sports fan, you'll know these. And if you're not, you're going to in a minute. Uh, can anybody name how many games he played in his career? A lot is right. 1,380 games. Four times uh, the NBA Average number of years, 18 seasons. Um, he is eighth in all time games played. That's pretty fantastic. Uh, 17 of his 18 years, he was in the playoffs, and he also participated in Survivor. Did you win? No, well, he didn't. All right, well, Mr. Cliff Robinson, hold on, I'm going to take a, a selfie. So, no, everybody, uh, you're supposed to photobomb this, okay? There you go. All right. All right. There we go. Good. I think that'll work. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Uh, and let me take this off. And welcome to the uh, Cannabis Collaborative Conference. 
Um, I want to uh, uh, take this time to uh, thank Mary Lou Burton for uh, for putting such a her, her and her team. We need to give her a hand of applause for for putting this conference together. Uh, she's done a wonderful job. Um, uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm from Buffalo, New York. Uh, I'm a huge a huge Bills fan, and I've always uh, I've always been a part of teams. And I I want to thank you for welcoming to your t- welcoming to this team because this is probably going to be the most important team that I'll ever be a part of. Um, you know, when I was when I was growing up in Buffalo, uh, I learned to uh, you know, have the team mentality and set goals quite early in my life. Uh, you know, as as we all know, uh, growing up uh, in a household, we all had chores uh, that we that we were responsible for doing. And uh, my my mother, uh, she's a you know, hard-working woman. I grew up in a hard-working family. Uh, she grew up uh, working on farms in Florida. Uh, my stepdad was uh, a military, a military uh, had military background, so uh, they always kept us busy with chores. I mean, there wasn't a chore that we did not do around the house. Pick up after the dog, do the laundry, cook for the family. There was always a chore for us to do. And there was one uh, that I really, I, I, there was quite a couple that I didn't, didn't like. Um, you know, during the summers, my family would come up uh, from Florida, and we would work on the, uh, they would come up to uh, Buffalo, New York, and work on the, uh, work in the strawberry fields. And that was uh, one of the jobs that uh, I was responsible for doing in the summertime. I don't know if any of you have picked strawberries. Uh, you might have done it for fun. <laughs> you might have went out there and picked a couple of strawberries for fun. Oh, I'm going to go pick strawberries today. But you didn't have to get up every morning uh, during the summer and go out there and pick strawberries, which I wasn't good at doing. Uh, but I used to go out there quite a bit. Uh, you know, my family was tolerant of me. They let me... Uh, take up a seat in the vehicle, uh, even though they knew I wasn't going to do much out there. Uh, they caught me one flatter day cliff, uh, which is, uh, which stuck to this day. My uncle, when he sees me, he still calls me one flatter day cliff. But, but anyway, it, it really, uh, developed, uh, my mentality for setting goals. You know, from 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 the strawberry field, I had to. You know, if I wasn't in the strawberry field, I was working with my. Uh, I had to work with my stepdad, who had uh, uh, rental properties a- around Buffalo. So, if it wasn't strawberries, it was doing carpentry work, which I didn't like either. So. Uh, I started setting goals for myself by trying to figure out how am I going to get away from this strawberry field and how am I going to get away from swinging this hammer. So, uh, 
I started playing basketball. I started playing basketball. Um, and that's when my, actually my mother started saving me a little bit. Because at the, you know, during the strawberry, so I was always a mother's boy, always a mama's boy. So when I did go to the strawberry field, when I had to go to the strawberry field, I would always look at my mother like, please save me today, not today. But she wouldn't. She would never save me. She was like, go ahead, go get it done. When it was time for that van to leave to go to the uh, work on those homes, go get it done. And I always wondered why she wouldn't save me. But I think she was, she was trying to teach me a lesson. She was trying to teach me to find my way. In which I, I, I began to do that by playing basketball. I, I started playing, uh, started getting serious about it. Uh, you know, people started taking notice. And little by little, my mother started stepping in for me. Oh, you don't have to go today. You got a basketball tournament. You don't have to go today. And I was, I was so happy because I would look at my brothers, at my, my brothers and my cousin as the, as the van was rolling off to go to the strawberry field or to go work on one of those homes. And I looked at their faces and they were just like, oh my God, you punk, I can't believe you. As I was outside looking at them, dribbling the basketball. But, you know, to, for, for me, it, it didn't start, my whole vision didn't start by saying, oh, I'm going to make it to the NBA. Because no one can, you know, there's so many different things that could go wrong. Um, my peer and uh, Antonio Harvey can attest to that. Uh, but, but anyway, once I started playing, I started setting little goals for myself. And I think that's what we all should do as, as businesses, continue to set little goals for ourselves. My first goal was to try to make the JV, try to make the JV team. I was able to make the JV team. And from there, it was, okay, let me try to make the varsity. So I was able to make the varsity. And then I started getting some letters from different uh, schools, and I was, okay, well, maybe I can, you know, I can go to uh, a, a college from here. And from there, it just, it just continued to grow. Uh, as I got to UConn, um, you know, I ran into... Uh, uh, academic issue where I, uh, I had to sit out. But, you know, I brushed myself off and I continued to, uh, to move forward. Uh, I, you know, I seen that I was able to, I was getting some, some notice by the NBA. I was excited about that. But I continued to set goals. I continued to uh, learn about being a, a, a good teammate. And I think, uh, you know, we all have to uh, make sure that we're being good teammates in this business because I think that's, that's really what it's going to take for us to take the uh, uh, cannabis industry to the uh, next level. We are in a unique position to uh, lead the way 
and I take that I take that very seriously to uh, be a part of uh, such a groundbreaking industry. You know, this is this is bigger than you and I. This is bigger than you and I. You know, we have a responsibility to do it right. We have a responsibility to uh, make sure it's done uh, responsibly. Uh, we have a uh, we have a obligation to make sure that it's not getting in the hands of children. Uh, you know, we have a, a, a lot of goals that we need to set for ourselves. We need to set a high bar for ourselves, guys. Um, you know, this is uh, we 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 definitely need to. Uh, because the, the big picture is, you know, yes, we all want to make money. We, we all want to make money in this industry, but we also want to make sure that we do it right. And we're that model that, uh, that, that the other states are looking at across the, uh, the country. Uh, I, I think that's extremely important for us to, to do that. Because we, we all have big aspirations in this business, uh, and we all want to achieve them, but we, we, we must continue to look at the goals. The goals are what's important. Set small goals for yourself. I'm going to continue to set small goals for myself, uh, as I did as a basketball player. I'm going to try to continue to take that same mindset into uh, into this business uh, venture that I'm starting so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to try to be a good teammate to all of you I'm going to try to be a good team teammate to all of you I'm going to try to help everyone uh, in here achieve their goals and I'm sure you're going to try to help me achieve mine and, uh, and, and in turn us trying to uh, achieve our goals, we must not forget about the OLCC and what they've done to uh, try to uh, uh, help us uh, roll this out uh, uh, in a positive manner. So please, let's give the OLCC a hand. Because I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they, they have goals that they, that they want to reach. And I think, you know, with us, setting goals for ourselves to, to do it responsibly, uh, to do it, um, you know, to, to do it with a lot of class. I think that's, what's, that, that's really what we, we have to, uh, to look at. We have to try to do this with a lot of class. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate you guys letting me come up here and, and, and speak with you and, and sharing a little bit about myself. But uh, it's really not about me. It's about the team. And I think, uh, you know, we need to uh, definitely make sure that we keep that in mind. You know, I wanted to, you know, say it was going it, to, it, it is Team Oregon, you know, at the end of the day. It is Team Oregon, but it, it's much bigger than that. But at the end of the day, let's make sure we're doing it right, folks. I appreciate your time. NBA superstar Cliff Robinson speaking today at the Cannabis Collaborative Conference. He was the keynote address featuring his new cannabis brand, Uncle Spliffy. 
We'll have that keynote address and my interview with Cliff Robinson uploaded to my SoundCloud page just as soon as I can get it done. We're still unpacking and reprogramming all of the studios here. Moved out of my former Rolla J studios. We're now at the Herb Thrasher Studios. But we'll get it all working. We'll get everything uh, cranking out just like we usually do. Hang tight. Change is afoot. I'm Radical Russ, listening to CannabisRadio.com. We're right back with more from the Cannabis Collaborative Conference 2016 in Portland, Oregon, right after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. It's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Mark Twain once said that when there's a gold rush, it's a good time to be in the pick and shovel business. Today we look at the rapidly evolving markets in the marijuana green rush in our Cannabis Chronicles. Welcome back, everybody. 43 after the hour. More from the Cannabis Collaborative Conference that I attended earlier today in Portland, Oregon. And uh, these next couple of interviews feature a couple of guys that are doing it right when it comes to the production side, the growing and branding of cannabis. We've got Eric Brandstad coming up. He's going to tell you a little bit about greenhouse growing, getting the best of indoor and outdoor, and then farmer Tom Lowerman about craft cannabis. So enjoy more from the Cannabis Collaborative Conference. Radical Russ here at the Cannabis Collaborative Conference, day two. We are at the desk for Forever Flowering Greenhouses. Tell folks your name and tell us about FFG. Hi, my name is Eric Branstead, and uh, we pioneered Light Up Greenhouses back in 2006, and now it's turned into a major part of the industry because people are looking for efficient ways to produce cannabis. Some people out there might not know what that means. What is a Light Dep Greenhouse? Uh, light depth stands for light deprivation, and basically it's a it's a 
fancy shade system that gets things down to zero light so it's uh instead of turning on and off a light like indoor growers do we have to choke out the sun so in order to choke out the sun we use these light deprivation curtains within the greenhouse and so we shorten the days to encourage flowering in the middle of july Wow, that's so we could save a whole lot on our electrical output by not having to recreate the sun indoors. We can use the sun that's outdoors and just restrict it with your light depth techniques. Correct, and we've developed some methods and, and strategies to help cannabis farmers in particular since that's what we started doing back in 2006. And through that time, we've got some things narrowed down to help guide people and help cross over from the indoor community into the outdoor and greenhouse style. Um, and so it's working out pretty good. It's a little bit of a tough pill for people to swallow that come from the indoor world, but that's why I'm there to help guide them. Yeah, I imagine it's tough from their perspective and also maybe tough from a regulatory perspective as a lot of these regulators mostly think it's indoor or might think a little bit outdoor, but maybe they've never considered greenhouses. How are the laws in the Pacific Northwest stacking up with your particular needs? Well, it varies from city to city and county to county, really. Some counties see it as an indoor cultivation system and other counties see it as an outdoor system. And so that's where it's kind of the gray area right now with a lot of areas trying to ban cultivation, whether it's in legal recreational states or even like California right now. Uh, We have a lot of bans in place, and if they ban outdoor cultivation, it's kind of up in the air whether greenhouses are going to fall in the indoor or outdoor category. And so the greenhouses are permitted and, and engineered so they can be code or non-code greenhouses depending on how the county wants to see it. And we can skin the cat a few different ways to try to meet the codes and criteria that they have. Um, and, but it's just kind of a, a up in the air right now who wants to interpret what, what, one way, you know, which way. But we do invite counties and cities to our facility in Grass Valley, California, throughout the region to come see everything for themselves so they don't make um, uh, rules and regulations based on assumptions. I'm looking at your display here, and I'm seeing a bunch of electronic equipment. Is this all, like, automated? It can be. We have manual versions, and we sell accessories for people to do-it-yourself type of things, all the way to the uh, deluxe packages, as we'd call it. And so, yeah, when you get into the fancier deluxe packages and automated greenhouses, you do need um, somewhat of some sensors and controls to automate those and activate those greenhouses. You know, it's an interesting dynamic we've got here as a lot of us, and I'm imagining you and I know me, come from an activism background and kind of, you know, being under the table in the shadows. And now we're moving into the light, pardon the pun, with uh, with this legal market. What differences do you see between the, the movement and the industry and how would you like to see those fixed? Well, I just see that, you know, there's an efficient way to grow cannabis, and indoor seems to be the most inefficient way, and so a lot of people were forced indoors because of prohibition, and then there's a lot of community that believes that cannabis grows best indoors, and so what we're trying to do is show people that it grows really well in greenhouses and through light deprivation, and sun-grown can be a premium product if people follow some of the strategies and methods that we help laid out. Um, and so I see, you know, a lot of people crossing over right now because they're looking at a more, you know, want an efficient way to grow cannabis and, and not uh, avoid the rate hikes that happen that are associated with indoor cultivation. Because when the rate hikes occur, it gets passed on to everybody, not just cannabis users. I know uh, from my own uh, shopping experiences, I'm finding ounces of or half ounces of sun-grown, you know, premium cannabis for 60 70 bucks in washington state where do you think we can get the price to this down if people would start to adopt more of these outdoor techniques 
Uh, it's just going to take more education and time and more success stories. There's a lot of failures going on in the cannabis industry because there's this urge to scale up right now. Whether it's indoor, greenhouse, or outdoor, the scaling up can be difficult in all those levels. And so um, there is a high rate of failure going on in the industry. And so the success stories, I think, are a little bit far and few between. And so those are the things that we need to keep an eye on um, in order to keep the bar raising higher and higher and have the success that people need because farming isn't for everybody not everybody has that green thumb and it you know it takes a good grower out there and so a lot of investment people are investing in great grows and facilities but at the heart of it we need good growers to make this happen very well put if folks want to get in touch with you find out more about your products what sort of internet phone any of those contacts can you give us uh, I'd say go to our website, www.lightdep.com, and go to the blogs and videos section. Eric's blog is mine in particular. Uh, the videos can be helpful. We also have an Instagram account, Forever Flowering Greenhouses, all one word. Uh, my Twitter is EricFFG. And uh, we also have a demo greenhouse facility in Grass Valley, California, an hour away from Sacramento. Well done. Thank you so much for talking to us, Eric. We appreciate it, and good luck with the Forever Flowering Greenhouses. Thanks for having me. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cannabis Collaborative Conference Day 2, and we are at the booth for FarmerTomOrganics.com. Farmer Tom Lowerman, the famous, now nationally famous grower. How you doing, Tom? Pretty good, Russ. How's it going, buddy? Absolutely fantastic. I see you've got cannabis trading cards. What's going on with that? Uh, we've been uh, doing those for a couple of years. Uh, a guy named George Leone from across the river in uh, Camas, he... He used to work for Marvel Comics, and he approached me a couple years ago, and we've been doing them kind of ever since. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, they look great. Uh, what's the latest for your brand, for Farmer Tom, and, and everything that's happening in Washington State? Well, I've kind of moved on to more of a national uh, national platform as uh, this you know, cannabis industry moves across the country. Washington's laws are kind of restrictive, so I've just kind of jumped step behind that, and I'm working with a pretty new dynamic team and uh, we should have some pro- uh, product lines out by uh, fall. So in which states will people find them? Well, we're going to do like a Can- uh, Canada, Mexico, Venezuela, and, you know, uh, like more of an international play. And then um, we're going to do uh, some lines here in- for the states. It'll be state-specific, too. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, any ideas what we're going to get here in Oregon? You got something picked out? Um, actually, I've got a- I'm doing a couple licensing agreements. Uh, with Panda Farms, they're uh, they're uh, running some of my, you know, running some of my techniques and stuff like that. So, Farmer Tom will be available in Oregon soon. Oh, that's awesome! Now, the other thing we've got the Super Dank IPA. Tell people about that. Yeah, well, it's a seasonal beer that was put out by my friends uh, Heathen Brewing. Um, we had long times talked about making a, a cannabis beer, but it's highly illegal and it ends up tasting like licorice. So. <laughs> They, they said, well, why don't we just make you a beer? What kind do you like? And I really like a really piney IPA, so they made a seasonal one for me, and uh, I think we'll have it again next year, so it's pretty exciting. It, it seemed to me that there's kind of a, almost a crossover between craft brewers and craft growers as far as understanding you know, the terpenes and, and the processes and, and, and the, the raw plant itself. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, cannabis and, and hops are from the same family. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com.
you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you 